The Better Let podcast may not be suitable for all Heidi Wills. Oh. Okay. Not even we know her name. Mm-mm. No, we did this three times. Other Heidi's maybe, but no Will. No. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so it's the podcast and I am Sarah Smith. Hi, wow. Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Yeah. I've gone through Your voice. Some, some rough times. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Troy. I'm sitting in for Sarah in the hot seat. Yeah. Thanks for doing that today, Troy. You're thanks, welcome. Thanks, Naughty little trotting. I made them do it. Yeah, he did. Uh, but today we are, we got a good show. We planned a lot of good things to talk about. And we've got the cast. We've got Jay. That's me. Yeah. So you're not doing the producer. You're doing both. This is really weird because I think I've been on the last three episodes in a row. We want it that way. I don't think I'm trapped in a dungeon anymore. I think I might actually be allowed in public. I'm reformed. Okay. E- easy. Easy. You're getting no bread rations. Quiet. He has risen. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> is that, um, what do they call that? Inflammable. Oh. Uh, anyway, we've got Bill. What's up? How you doing, Bill? Pretty good. So, Bill, you know, he lives here in Seattle. But not for long. Dun, dun, dun. You're leaving us. The fuck, man? Yeah. What? Why? What's wrong with you? Uh, every, every once in a while, I get kind of... Uh, Footloose. Got it. Yeah, yeah, like the show, like the movie, right? Yeah. 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 You know, six degrees, right? Everybody's Everybody six, oh, six yeah. degrees from Kevin Bacon. From Kevin B. No, he, uh, he's taking his horse to the Old Town Road and ride until he can't no more. Ride yeah. until he gets to mm-hmm. Amazon. Then he's going to hang out with Katy Perry <laughs> and Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little sour on Lil Nas X, but like I'm with Cassidy. We're not going to throw him under the bus yet. Speaking of Cassidy, hi. Hi, uh, my name's Corn. Thank oh you. Yeah, rude. Wow, Bill, you've really ruined it. I think you need to leave. Yeah. Bye. The state. Yeah. Bye. Okay, um, hi. Hi. How's How are it? you doing? I'm I'm existing. Can I yeah. tell you that <laughs> your we'll talk about this, but your tweets had me rolling. Candidate survival. Oh, it was Liddy. You were Liddy. Thank you. And you were Liddy. Yeah. But yeah. But yes. it was good. We will get into that here pretty soon. Heck yeah, we will. But first, we're going to talk about what the shit? What? What? Shit. What, sir? Yeah, so we got some what the shits here. And I am. <laughs> so who's going first? That's me, Troy. I'm really wanting to know because I, when I first read this, I read the word wrong and it made it a really unfortunate. No, it's delightful. So the funny thing about this is this isn't new news, but it's new news to me. And I think most uh, people don't know this. It makes great radio. I mean, uh, great podcast. I know. And so here's the thing. Are you ready? Yes. 2016 study from Glasgow. Oh. Yeah. Couldn't understand them. But what we could understand was this study, which was simply <laughs> dogs actually have musical preferences. Oh, that's. That's a fresh... Accurate, yeah. Yeah. I think most people know that who have dogs, right? You you kind of assume that, yeah, there's some things they like, there's some things they dislike, but here's the part that really got me, and I actually love this because yeah. my dog and I have a lot in common. Uh, dogs like reggae. Reggae? Reggae. So you, you like reggae? I do like reggae. I get down with it. I get yeah. down with all kinds of because music. Because it, it helps chill them out, I would assume. Yeah. It's a chill genre, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So they said, um, I'm going to give you some examples of bands that dogs tend to like. Okay, so good, yeah. any <laughs> listeners, you definitely play these for your dogs. Get those see what playlists happens. ready. Uh, Bob Marley. Don't obviously. Yeah. yeah. About a thing. Uh, 
and Fleet. Don't get us sued. Fleetwood Mac. Oh, oh okay. yes. I like Fleetwood. Yeah. I love yeah. Fleetwood Mac. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were listening to, yeah, yeah. we like so some Fleetwood. So they had them listen to five different types of music. Okay. Uh, including the two we like just mentioned. Like genre types. Yeah, exactly. That's what different types usually are. I am going to cut your mic cord. <laughs> <laughs> the five types were soft rock, Motown, oh. pop, reggae, and classical. And uh, It was a simpler time back then. Yeah. So what they said was there's actually a chance your dog might even like heavy metal because classical and heavy metal have a lot in common. So that's super interesting. When I first got Sully, like he had a lot of anxiety when I would leave him at home. So I tried all the different things and the vet was like, you should play classical music for him. It'll help calm him down, blah, 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 whatever. And he said specifically, don't play rock music. Like don't play things that are going to like amp him up or whatever. And for some reason, whenever I would play classical music for Sully, he would get anxious, but when I would play rock music, he would sleep and be nice. Wow. So, so it's sort of like a, ADHD meds. For yeah. Pe- yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. So definite preferences. I'm here for this. So thank you for sharing. The greatest thing about this whole study was that the Scottish Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, the SSPCA, if you will. Mm. Uh, I will. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Yeah. I will also. <laughs> They then put together a playlist so they could pipe it into the uh, humane animal shelters. Aww. Nice. That's so, so rad. Yeah, so these beautiful dogs now get to listen to beautiful music just I to enjoy their life. that's nice. So I was looking, oh, I shouldn't have done this, but I looked online at a shelter and now I have 20 dogs. Coming. Yeah, he's been posting pics on our channel oh, all day, so every day. cute. Hot dog. Yes. Okay. Well, I think that's the best segue um, that I have ever heard in my life. So we're going to move on to the next one. Right? Is yeah. Bob Barker still alive? I do believe. Is he? Because I would just like to say a good segue could be like, oh, it's Bob Barker. And I'm like, ba, ba, hey, ba, remember to have no, your pet spayed or neutered. Yeah. Oh, we should get the Bob Barker microphone. It's just a little ball and a stick. Oh, yeah. I looked at a couple of those recently, actually. Yeah. Wow. The both of you need to simmer down. Um, all right. So now we're going to talk about something that I'm just like, I don't even know. Things are so weird in the White House. I, Trump has literally lost his mind. Like he's just gone round the bend. We, we know we wanted to broker a deal to purchase Greenland. But then... This morning, I see that he has forgiven student debt for, which is wonderful. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a great start for veterans that have been. So that's the part that bothered me the most about him saying that veterans who are severely and like completely disabled. um, That seemed like an opening for a loophole. You know, like, what does that mean? Do they change the, the move, the bar or something? I don't trust it, but. So I think it, it kind of fits a lot of different narratives. One is, oh, here's the Trump administration being nice to disabled veterans. The other thing is that it's like Republicans moving forward don't really have an agenda. They don't have any ideas. They don't know how to deal with climate. They don't know how to transform or even like alter the economy to deal with climate. So this is just like you're going to see the Trump administration go for race. You're going to see him go for the military. You're going to see him go for every traditional bastion of conservative power over the last several decades. And you'll see him do it very kind of, I think, very Machiavellian like this. I don't know that it's going to 
play well because the flip side of this is okay trump's gonna uh uh erase or cancel the debt for a small group of people who cannot earn a living yeah they just cannot do it so it fits that narrative too right Right. if you work you pay your debt right so this is that the whole notion of if you work you pay your debt that broke down years ago right the the idea that you go to university to to like get job training to then get a subsequent job to then pay your bills this basic market ideology that was thrust onto universities when we were trained as well you know that's what you do that's broken down and it broke down years ago they don't want to talk about it you know who does Bernie Sanders. Well, you know who else and does? Elizabeth the progressive. Wing. Yeah, the, 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 the progressive <laughs> wing yeah. of American politics. Yeah. Be- because there's one fact everybody should know. 90% of all student debt already sits on the federal balance sheets. I think based on this, I don't know if Trump or the president can just cancel all the debt on their own or, yeah. if, or if they need an act of Congress. I'm not I, really sure about that. So, so is it the amount of debt? Is it the percentage? And we, uh, I, I wanted to ask one. I wanted to uh, jump back to the race thing. You had said they're going to hit race uh, you, like they have been. Or do you think they're going to take a different th- th- tack? This is a whole status quo. Matt Taibbi just sent out a, a, a newsletter about the New York Times today. You know what uh, Dean Beckett from the New York Times said? We spent two years on Russia and it didn't pan out. So you know what we're going to do now? We're going to talk switch, about huh? race. So yeah. what are they talking about now? The 1619 Project, uh. a project that should be done. But but right now, and, and it should be done right now, should have been done 10 years ago, should have been done 20 years ago, should have been done 30 years ago, should have been done 100 years ago, right? But it wasn't. So now they pandered on the Russia thing for two years and it fucked them. Yeah. So now they don't really have anything else to go for. So they're just everybody in the status quo, in the imperial corporate status quo right now, is defaulting to these old politics. Yeah. And Bill, I just want to make sure everybody knows what is the 1619 project. So the 1619 project, uh, as far as I know, is just like an attempt by the so-called paper of record. And I say so-called because Matt Taibbi just kind of put that to rest today. But it's it's a project that is trying to redefine the narrative of the country uh, in a way that doesn't just start in 1790 with Thomas Jefferson, you know, in the, uh, uh or 1789 or whatever the, right, right. But yeah. the, there, yes, exactly. The, 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 there was a history before, uh, 1790 in this country that was brutal. There was a history before 1619 in this country for thousands of years. You just got to look in 200 years of industrial capitalism. We've brought the globe to the brink of disaster and no one in the status quo is willing to talk about it well you know and i think that we are just not counting our blessings it's like a high score i mean we did it <laughs> we went right yeah, that, i think that, so i yeah. think we won the world <clears throat> we i mean won the war against the world yeah. yeah what what do you do when the amazon is on fire you're friends with jair bolsonaro who is one of the biggest fascists on the planet I'm not not friends. China seems content to continue to spew carbon. India seems content to continue to spew carbon, even though they do so in in India much less at a rate than we do or China. The U.S. and China are the biggest polluters. What what at what point is anyone in actual power going to stand up and declare an emergency? And I'm going to put a pin (laughs) in with this. And also we have Amazon 
actively working against all of that, but we can't talk anymore about it. So you're just going to sit there and with your eyeballs red and they're going to pop out of your skull. Um, yeah. What the No, shit. but to wrap it up, I mean, we're not saying boo to Trump for for. Uh, getting rid of student debt for for veterans I, I that it, can't uh, yeah. work. Right. But but what we're saying is, what the shit? Why do you think? Like it's when a, I look at this, I think that he thinks, okay, if I do a few of these, like yay, sort of things, yeah. then then we'll look past the shitty things, and we're not going to fucking do that. No, so. not at all. And also, it's a precedent. Why are we expanding it? It's it's right. it's going to be a wedge, and uh, and I think uh, I think it's great that he's joined the progressive. Movement. And also, what the fuck, Greenland? Like what the uh, fuck? So. Jeez. <laughs> no, I think it's, so. First off, I'm really happy for the uh, veterans who actually had their student right. loans Me too. forgiven. Yeah. Absolutely, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, as somebody who has come out of the academic world with almost seven, well, it's between my wife and I, about seven hundred dollars in student debt every month. Oh, God, I was uh, like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Total. But yeah. Eventually, yeah. I'll be there every single... <laughs> yeah. Eventually, I'll be there. Those myself alone, based on my current repayment plan, is $700 a month plus hers. Oh, because... And, uh, and this is how it works, right? And so, first off, I think this is a fantastic thing. I think everybody should have their student loan debt forgiven. And the fact that Trump recognizes that is just a really positive thing. Right. I just wonder, uh, how will he pay for it? I think that's a really important question. Um, probably the same way we're paying for all those bombs we're dropping in Syria Ooh, and uh, everywhere else in the world. So, but Venezuela and, and and just the the on this specific issue, the how do you pay for it thing is a little different than the Medicare for all and all these other things. But I just want to make sure that everyone's clear on this: ninety percent of all student debt is already accounted for already sitting on the federal balance sheet the only thing that prevents 45 million people every month from having to cut a check to the federal government is apparently either the president or congress i'm not 100 percent sure what about the predatory lenders that have built up so much money and momentum that they're now they're lobbying oh yeah to keep yeah well but all they got to do is sign. All, all, all they have to do is cancel this debt for 45 million people american businesses out of business no that's exactly right um not that they're putting them out of business, but that this is a choice we're making. We're yeah. actively making a choice to put a burden on our working class. And the reason for it yes. is specifically this. We told them, hey, go get a job so you can make money. You can be somebody who contributes. Go get a job so you can actually have some kind of value in the world. Oh, now that you have uh, all this academic teaching, don't do anything with it. Don't think with it. Just fall in line. Well, And if you pick a bad one of four jobs that you have to have, then that's a you problem. Yeah, thanks, Ben. <laughs> Benjamin Shapiro. But it's really important. This is by design. That's what people yeah. don't realize is the system is designed to do this where it makes people have to make choices. I'm, I myself did this. Rather than continuing down the economic track or the academic track, I chose the economic track where I knew I could make money just because Eating is pretty fucking cool. Right. Yeah. And taking care of your family, taking care of your health, the things that you need to do to survive. Yeah. And uh, so, David Graver, you've talked recently, Jay, about viewing money as power. Uh, David Graver also views debt as power relations. So it's like if you are a multi-billionaire and you owe $10 million to another multi-billionaire, but you're both good friends and the other multi-billionaire says, oh, don't worry about it. We just I'll just write it off. It's not a big deal. Sure. Now, if you if you are just average Joe and you owe that billionaire $10 million for a business Well, maybe loan, it's only 1000 Or maybe it's only 1000 Yeah, right? Or But they've uh, jacked up the interest. Yeah, down. but you don't really know that person. And then yeah. that billionaire, and you, you try to go knock on their door and say, hey, man, you know, I, I'm hard times, can't pay it. No, you got to pay it. 
that's that is a that is a relationship dynamic. Right. That's exactly right. And all these kind of things where we see cash as either in the form of cash bail, for example, whether oh. it's a form of economic debt in the form of student loans, these are all expressions of power. Mm-hmm. There are things that are meant to create economic conditions such that people don't have choices. And listen, I grew up as a conservative. I say it on every single podcast, the same way we say that Bill is lactose intolerant. And <laughs> Oh, we did it. That was yeah, good. Got it in there. <laughs> and the thing that's really important is freedom's still really important to me. That's still a, an idea that I really care about. So when I think about Trump signing a deal for veterans, the reason I say what the shit is, what the shit, why don't we have that for everybody? Yes, yes. And really, I mean, we can't put too fine a point on it. Good decision and that is what the shit i mean that is amazing but it's gonna be a problem for him a good one and i'm happy that we'll be able to exploit it but um yeah he's also i i I encourage everyone to do this uh because i had to uh watch betsy devos's face as he's scribbling on the thing like a five-year-old he's like with it he has his uh big pen have you ever seen his signature it looks i don't i can't even explain it but it's it's a wild little setup. I've seen the memes. They're delightful. Like the one where he draws the kitty and everything. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Well, shall we move on to the next subject? I mean, we could talk about this for a while. Oh, yeah. Wait, does that mean we're into the... Beep. Big Beep. News Breakdown? Is that where we're at? I believe Beep. we are. Is that the Big News <laughs> Breakdown noise? Uh, it's time for... The big news breakdown. Very cool. I love it. Uh, what up? Hey, so here in Washington State, we just had our primary a couple weeks ago. And it was exhausting. It was the exhausting. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm managing a campaign for someone who didn't have a primary, so I guess I'm fine. But, but we all we had yeah, to hustle. Yeah, we, we had did, to help. Yeah. We had to you know dodge all the candidates we didn't want. No, I'm kidding. Something like that. But um, so so in Seattle, we did really well for our progressive candidates. Oh yeah, it was amazing. So Shama got through, uh, Sean Scott got through. I just want to interrupt real quick. This is really important stuff because most people don't realize that on the municipal level, this is where policy actually gets made that affects your life every single day. Yep. And those two names you just mentioned, Shama Sawant and Sean Scott are both socialists, both radical fucking socialists. Right out of the party. Like they are there, they are in it. And... I believe that our focus here in Seattle uh, it has been so laser-like because of Shama. I believe that she has really pushed that conversation, and we have all joined in the fight. It's a large group of people that are really focused on the smaller races because of that. Yeah, I just want to say real quick, like, Shama Swan is a powerhouse. Oh, Sean yeah. made it possible for people like Sarah to run as a democratic socialist Absolutely. and people like Sean Scott to run as a democratic socialist and for two socialist leaning candidates to get through a primary in a fucking in a major city in the United States. It's uh, it's unbelievable. And also Shama Sawant gave me one of her kidneys. Oh, wow. <laughs> she gave me a button. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I got a full <laughs> kidney. But she gave me a handshake. 
Nice. Okay. Oh, yeah. Socialism really is about sharing. It's true. It is. Uh, yeah. yeah. And they did so in a pretty phenomenal way, though, didn't they, Corn? Like when they got through the primary, what were the numbers? Yeah. So, so for Shama, oh, yeah. and keep this in mind, for each of these races, there's like 38 people running approximately. Oh, right. right? Yeah. So, you know, just because you're not getting that 50%, that doesn't mean that you're not doing the thing. Right. So, so Shama Swant got 36.7%, which was a majority or the highest percent. Um, and then the second person who got through was Egan Ryan. Um, so he is basically the tech Amazon, like tech bro sort of dude. Kind of yeah. a recipient of the case pack. Is, yes. Yeah. Yes. So case, it, explain and, case. Yeah, and, and just for viewers, the case pack is. Uh, Don't be watching uh, what, us. what is it? Civic it's like Alliance. Chamber of Commerce. Civic, it's, it's, yeah. 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 Civic Alliance for a sound economy. Yeah. And what it is, is it. It, what it I don't know how long the pack has been around, but what it turned into it's in 2017 fresh. was Amazon buying the mayor, and what it's turned in in 2019 was Amazon being the primary donor to this pack, buying, trying to buy city council. So, absolutely, yeah. I, I was also going to say um, at some point we do need to talk about Amazon and potentially being blocked from being able to meddle in local elections with the finances. But not yeah, today, Satan. Well, I think this is a really important point because all of the candidates that were endorsed by Case and across the board that had huge corporate money involved all fell really flat on their faces. They did. And so um, the, the stranger, they actually released something that showed that like, yeah, all the stranger candidates or not all of them, but I think almost all of them got through. And then the Seattle Times endorsed candidates, which are the ones who are generally the case ones, they didn't do as well as was expected. And so, yeah, that just shows that like, it's fucking people power and also the democracy vouchers. That's huge. So Shama didn't do democracy vouchers, but Sean Scott did. Tammy did. And they both got through. Um, uh, Tammy, I uh, love her as a candidate, as a human. Um, very stoked. And the three of them powerhouse. And I just want to highlight that we've had Caban in New York. We've had uh, several DSA folks in Chicago. Uh, we have Shama and Scott here. Uh don't don't count your what do you say don't count all your I, I don't even know how to say yeah, it kidneys, but I feel yeah. don't count your kidneys the, thing, the thing is is there there is very possible I, I believe that there is there is the kind of legitimate formations of a movement that is unfolding has been unfolding for a while and hopefully will continue to strengthen as we move into 2020 yeah and the phrase is you can lead a horse to the pond but you can't make them hatch don't slap your sad horses <laughs> so, in the mouth. So with Shama, like I said, she got 36%. Um, but yeah, there's a couple candidates that, you know, those voters are probably going to go towards the more centrist candidate. Um, Zachary DeWolf, he ran against Shama, and that was who a lot of people thought would get through with her. He um, is Seattle uh, school board member. Um, and, you know, he's all right, but not as far left, obviously, as the socialist running. Um, and so it's a really we're wondering is he going to endorse shama or is he going to endorse the more centrist candidate so that'll be really interesting to see how that goes yeah and so this is the thing i really like so we got a presidential election coming up here in next year next year next november right ramping up uh where primary seasons are all the way going through and the things that's really important here is uh i like municipal races because i think they're microcosms of a larger conversation in which people can really make real change. Like people can actually shift the conversation. And this is the big piece of it, right? So you mentioned earlier, Bill, uh, and one of you mentioned earlier about how this is only possible because somebody stood up and boldly said, yep, 
this isn't good enough. We can do better. We can do better. Uh, this is the end result of it. This is, we're starting to get there. And I think this is phenomenal. Uh, and I do really, really love watching corporate back candidates lose. Like it just, mm, I also mm. like watching them lose to Shama. Um, and then, so one of the other similarities with national politics is that like, there's these other candidates who, yeah, they may have only got 5%, 8%, whatever it is, but just like with those presidential candidates who are only going to get a few delegates here or there, you can wield that power or use that power and like, you know, talk to either Shama or they're going to talk to Egan and say, well, give me this position or you do this platform or whatever. And so again, it's like with these super crowded races, these people, they know they're not going to win, but they're still running because they want that power. Yeah. It, it, they're building their, their LinkedIn uh, exactly. profile. Um, you know, I, I have yet to meet uh, Egan or, or it's or on because he's got a, exclamation point in the middle of his name and it drives me nuts uh but i have you seen his little video on the e on the little e scooter uh yes oh, yeah it's, it's like, like Brett a, posted it right oh yeah, yeah yeah it's like this uh long um uh love letter it's like microsoft it's it's basically just a bunch of like hey tech nerds i'm i'm here for you um I want to talk to him. I want to see what he's all about. Um, he, he's a subject of great controversy in the gay community, um, given Pride and Pride Fest and a bunch of stuff. Um, I want to kind of get into it with him. And we're going to talk to Shama, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Shama, uh, we, we have uh, scheduled a time for Shama to come on. Um, we, of course... Uh, I have, you know, we're not journalists. Uh, we love Shama. Um, we're going to campaign for her. Um, and I just love it when she refuses to back down. It's that backbone, Jay, that you were talking about, that refusal. This, this is a principal moment for us. We get to see the investment of people who are like, hey, no, we're going to stand up for people. We're going to stand up for homeless people. We're going to make sure that folks like Sharila Seldon get a chance to get on city council. Um, yeah. So and that's all Shama. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to the Egan thing for just a second, though, yeah. because that you mentioned that video. And as you all know, I play video games. It's a surprise. I know because I talk about them all the time. However, uh, he said a thing that was really annoying to me in that video, which was simply that he played Pitfall on the Activision. And this kills me inside because first off, Activision is a company that we have talked about who laid off 800 employees last yep. year. And are garbage, though I do play Overwatch. I'm sorry, I can't help myself. Uh, Good and people make that game. We all do. have our hypocrisies. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> hey, and you know, yeah, no ethical consumer. Human beings yeah. full of contradictions. I played it before that. And so the thing, the thing that's funny is he completely messed up. Like it lost all credit with me as a gamer who will ever play that. This Don't is a gamer city, by the way. I mean, you know, I corn doesn't know what we're talking about ever when we start to nerd out, but this is a gamer city. Seattle is a gamer city and that's a bad look. It's an easy way to show that, you know, nothing about video games as you try to pander to gamers. So yeah, I do kind of wish that we could get our hands on the outtakes like maybe there's a spill or something or like Microsoft, you know? <laughs> yeah. So next candidate we were talking about a little bit, Sean Scott. So he got 23.26% and then Alex Peterson got 40%. So 
It's going to be tough. But one of the things that folks have been talking about that I think is a great point, again, you know, those those uh, the candidates that didn't come through, you know, we can try and get those votes. But also um, his district is a lot of the U district. And so because of that, um, in the general, there's going to be a lot more young voters because during the summer, not well, not only do young voters not vote as often in the primaries, but during the summer, students aren't on campus. Do we know if more kids or more students showed up? So the primary I, than ever. what I know is I don't know if it was more or less or what, but it was only 10 percent of, of all voters were under 30. Where, where, where is uh, his uh, the person who got 40 percent? Where is he in relation to uh, Sean on the political spectrum? So I don't know a lot about Alex, but again, he's case candidate. Okay. So okay. there you okay. go. That's all I need to know. Yeah. So one thing I think is really interesting here is, one, I'm really glad to see socialists doing really well, as I've said numerous times. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, the thing that I think is really interesting here is, and it does bring up a really interesting point, which is these type of elections shouldn't be held in off seasons and off years. Uh, you're actively choosing to schedule an election on a period where you know people won't vote. This is another form of just election control. Do you think that is that a, I mean, I'm, I'm certain you, I, I'm curious, uh, you, is there verifiable or, or kind of measurable, you can look at a, a historical thing and go, ah, that's when they did it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure you could say that. It'd be like, yeah, we were trying to redline out people, those kind of things. But what you can show is that there are demonstrable differences between midterm elections and presidential election years when everything is ramped up. And so, geez, if I were trying to schedule an election on a period where I wanted people to vote, I would probably do so in a year that people would show up to vote because then everybody knows what's going on. But this is the equivalent of, was it from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where the Vogans say, yeah, we posted it up there for a thousand years and you never came. Yeah, yeah. Right, but it's like you never had the ability to. Well, and there are structural things that you could do. I mean, let's be honest. Some people talk about a national holiday for presidential elections. If you were just to do a national, or just to do, yeah, a somewhat national holiday, or state holidays uh, for uh, uh, civic lo- action yeah. for for local elections, uh, you would I I would think uh, definitely boost turnout. You would definitely boost, or you would you honestly you would change the way we think about democratic politics because right now we have a form of democratic politics in America that we really don't um, we we use a lot of our, our systems to undermine. Uh, the the proper functioning of of a of what I think should be a much more vigorous democratic process. Not that it's you know deeply 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 irreversibly flawed. It's just problematic. Yeah, and so you know, like I said, Sean, he got twenty three percent. It's going to be tough, but if you are in the Seattle area and you have been seeing the awesome work he's been doing, volunteer for him because the more people that door knock, the more people that are engaged and talk to their friends about voting and all that good stuff. He could fucking do it. I agree. And and, and we're going to throw all of our, you know, power and influence. We got you, oh, We got you. And rag these case candidates. Hey, and case candidates, hey, if you guys win, hey, Jeff Bezos, if you buy this election, hey, constituents of Seattle, your new city hall 
is Amazon headquarters. Yep. <laughs> and special shout out to uh, Sean too because I went to Candidate Survival last night, yes. which is it was so rad. So basically, it's like a talent show that's put on by the Stranger and a, a group called Washington Bus. And I wasn't familiar with them before, but they're a group that basically their mission is just to get young people engaged in politics. And I'm just super here for so it. So you saw it. I mean, like I, I yes. you, 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 the video that you shared was phenomenal, but you, there's a lot. The energy there was phenomenal. Uh, yes. And mostly so, young folk so you it was mostly young folk for sure and you can go to our better left twitter twitter and basically i covered the whole thing and there's videos and there's pics and breakdown and um sean he fucking killed it so there was a couple different um categories there was a haiku category so all the candidates gave a haiku um there was a category where um it was like uh what am i thinking um not local stuff like more broad policy issues and then they did local issues and then they did the ca- the talent portion um sean did a comedy segment was, that was yeah, really good, good. Yeah. so yeah that's on twitter um tammy she sang oh how was it it did was really good? good yeah no i don't know what the song was but it was like about hope and perseverance and all that good stuff huh. and she's like even if your voice shakes still do the thing Aww, you know I yeah like her. the millennial in me wants to throw up like yeah. i just <laughs> <laughs> I want death and despair and nihilism because that's what we thrive on. Is that on. the millennial in you or just the dead parts? <laughs> well, I guess you wouldn't relate to it being a little on the older side. I'm but. all so, dead parts. Some of it was super cringe. Like um, Lisa Herbal, her talent was doing Jeopardy. And come I was like, come again? yeah, I was like, that's your not mother, a, Trebek. That's not a talent. <laughs> and it was totally like scripted and weird. She knows her audience. You know, this is a funny fact. She's not that old. Funny fact, Jeopardy is still one of the most watched television shows in the entire nation. And followed up by like People's Court, still also one of the most watched. Oh, and well, those are two two like television staples of personalities. They are like, it's Judge Judy, right? And it's Alex Trebek. He's, yes, he is dying. And, but he's, he's like, everybody's bedrock <laughs> you know what i mean these these people are yeah. but this was a room of 30 year olds and l- younger and we were all just like what is happening right now that's it not was... even kitsch or that's not no, even like funky or no. you know and then ironic. mark solomon did something really interesting Ooh, tell me wow what did he do so at first i was like what the hell is going on he did like a slideshow about comic books and i was like this isn't a talent what's happening but then he started talking about like the importance of having people of color and women in comics and like how that's really impacted him and all this stuff and i was like use comics huh that's really that's a smart move No, he, he was being a nerd about things and like i met mark a really really nice guy his heart's in the right place um well and look at how much um there's always controversy anytime you try to put a person of color in one of these reboots what's what's uh, why is that (laughs) why is that get over i don't know just give the that thor's hammer to whatever woman and Uh, miles morales is the only spider-man complete aside but absolutely people should go read up there's a great article by somebody named gita jackson on kotaku about a representation game called overwatch and the response to it is vitriolic. So that's really cool. I actually think it's really interesting to see Mark do that What's kind of thing. What's the name of it again? Uh, Overwatch. No, the article. I'll send it to you. Oh, okay. We'll post it up. <laughs> but my problem was, is this a talent? Or is this is just is like a talent? presentation? Is the, yeah, okay. It was just, yeah. It wasn't so, the right s- setting. I don't you, know. Can help me out here. So were people like gonged or like 
hooked like oh, did they get a hook and people drag them were off? heckled like hardcore so yeah, yeah. Well, the video that i saw was <laughs> held by somebody who was heckling real tough hi um yeah i was having a good time and i had some friends who were yelling too and what i loved about it is like it was intelligent heckling where they would be like you didn't vote for this policy or like yeah just it wasn't just fuck yous it was with you know policy related issues and so i was here for that educated fuck yous yes it was yeah 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 <laughs> I loved it because when do you have that opportunity? Like, I really want us to have just like, it's a day like um, the parliament. No, <laughs> that's like, the thing. Boo. Most of the time, these centrist candidates, and I mean, they weren't just getting booed for their talent show stuff. There was a lot of really problematic answers that were given to, which again, you Policy can get in. Answers. Yes, you ah. can get into the Twitters of that. But um, uh, the you know, normally these centrist candidates, they get to go to these forums or do the interviews or whatever, and no one challenges them on this. Yeah. So they're in a room of fucking 30-year-olds and 25-year-olds being like, drinking. Fuck you! They're drinking. Yeah, they're, and like yeah. giving them the finger and being like, you're full of shit. Like, Liar! do the head tax. Like, you know, you're talking about how you want to make sure that absolutely no one should live on the streets and blah, 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 but you're taking money from Amazon. And so people are yelling that and saying that you're beholden to Bezos and they have to fucking hear that. And it was beautiful. And that's the rules. The, yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah. No, our culture is different. I'm saying it like it's a, things are a little more rowdy these days and I'm here for it. Like, I think this is fantastic. <laughs> Me too. And so the, the winner of most booze of the night was uh, Heidi Wills, who you mentioned earlier. Oh, no, this show isn't appropriate <laughs> for her. Not appropriate for you. Sorry, Heidi. Maybe not all of you. So Heidi's talent was cringe AF. Um, so first I start. How do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a talent that she has. Um, so she started playing Lizzo, which like if you aren't familiar with Lizzo, she's like an icon for women, but more more specifically for black women and like just being empowered and doing the thing and fucking rocking it. And um, Heidi is basically like the example of white feminist that is very out of touch and like, you know, higher, higher income. And she basically appropriated Lizzo is how people felt and people were fucking pissed. They were so mad. So she you was got some of that video. Yeah, you she, captured it. She was giving a speech by Susan B. Anthony, which in, in itself was kind of problematic, you know, um, what? over Lizzo. And basically it was like a, uh, it was talking about women voting and like the suffrage movement. And people are like, yeah, white women got the right to vote not black women and you're appropriating Lizzo for your fucking white girl like take on this and yeah people oh, were not no. happy it was really bad and the best part about it is about halfway through she says wait can, can we stop can we stop and I can start over and that everyone's like no no and I was just like what is happening right now I this is my pool yeah. at you honestly I watched your video of that 100 times yeah you everyone needs to watch oh, it it's it was so good ridiculous. it was so good I could hear it in your voice you're just like yeah get off the stage yeah it was so good it was it was nuts but um just to round things out so Tammy got 50 percent which is awesome so again considering there was a million people running in this race for her to get that 50.07%. That's a statement. Yeah, Absolutely. it is. And so props to you, girl. We love you. And um, yeah, also a shout out to Melissa Hall. That's one of our only folks that we were really here for that didn't get through. But oh, no, she got elected to to our hearts. Yeah. Mayor, yeah. mayor yeah. of our hearts. Yes. And she's awesome. No. And like ah, she's the best. 
you know, most candidates that run, they don't get through the first time. And like the, she's not done. Oh, at all. no. Yeah. Yeah. And if you haven't yet listened to our interview with her, because legitimately, like all these other candidates, they're fantastic. But Melissa is like the top shit for sure. She's on another the level. The formatting sucks. I was in on that one. I suck at interviews. <laughs> Every fine. other interview was better. Everything's fine. <laughs> it was good. It was fine. No, and then so one more shout out I want to give out. Leaving. No. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Um, so Courtney Love, she hey. ra- yay. So not the Courtney Love that maybe no, the yeah, Courtney the Love. The Courtney Love. Yeah. Uh yeah, from Kurt. Yeah. yeah no, no, the, no, no. The that's one, the other one. Yeah. Are these the Tacoma. one running for city council in the yes. city of Tacoma? Yes. The Courtney Love. The Courtney Love. Yeah. So she yeah, again, running in Tacoma. Um, she was a volunteer on Sarah's campaign, somebody that we're super involved with and we love her lots. Um, so she is in second place right now for her race, but here's the crazy shit. Bum bum bum. She's up by twelve votes. Yes. It's wild. And so we've been watching. So if you're not familiar, we do mail-in voting here in Washington State. So it takes a while to get the results. And so yeah, yeah. we've been waiting for like two weeks. And every day, new results come out at 4 o'clock. And it's like, oh, she's down by 8. She's up by 4. And now she's up by 12. And so the results, um, you know, it's all been counted. And so because the margin is so slim, they are going to do a hand recount. Um, so I can't imagine the anxiety that Courtney is going through right now because because I feel that anxiety. I know oh, yeah. we all do. I, I talked yeah. to her today and she and I said, So how how are you doing? And she's like, I you know, yeah. So, <laughs> I yeah, she's she's a phenomenal warrior. Uh a, a dear friend of ours before podcast, but right. we'll get her on for sure. But uh man, uh it's exciting. Yeah, I feel really bad for her. Like, when Sarah and I got through the primary together, right? Uh that was a stressful time because our her results didn't get certified until like a week after. And so that was when everything got pretty well locked in. We knew that there wasn't going to be a recount. We cleared the margin, but it wasn't until three or four days after the election night that we knew that Sarah had passed Doug Basler. That's right. That's right. It was, uh, it was interesting because (laughs) we were, the kind of the first time we were like, yay. And then they got excited. And then you're like, okay, it's not, that's not the real, real one. And so then it was a few days later. And so every day we're just kind of like, Hey, how you, how you doing? Hanging in there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. We were definitely consuming some alcohol to compensate. <laughs> so it was, it was a thing. And so I, you know, this is just a reminder to everyone that your vote matters. And I know that's super cliche, but so 12 votes yeah. are making this decision. And just like, um, yeah, come on, come on. Like she lost by a, a very small margin. Oh, she just gave me some kind of migraine or something. That is just so it's infuriating. So and so yeah. that's why in these off year elections, like people think that it doesn't matter or their vote doesn't count, but your vote counts so much more in these off year elections because no one's fucking voting. And nope. this year it counts your vote counts and your discussion counts and you're walking around talking to neighbors, you're um, finding your neighbors who may vote, you know, for another candidate and uh, stealing the ballots. Right. Is that that's a thing, right? I think that might be a felony, but. a fe- Oh, so we do not actually condone that behavior. However, 
you should at least talk to your neighbors about voting. You know, just really forever until yeah. they and get to vote. And everybody's, you know, you're super into the presidential thing because it is a thing that's happening. But yeah, there's there's elections in November this year. So volunteer for candidates that are in your area locally because they need you right now. Yeah. And young people, talk to your parents, talk to your grandparents. If all of this is left unchecked and we incrementalize ourselves into the future, they will boil us like the proverbial slow boiled frog. But also talk to your younger cousin who just graduated or is going to graduate or is 17 and going to be 18 by November. Because if all those people who are eligible to vote and are under 30 were voting, we would be deciding this. Yes. So, yeah, kids, if you want to be cool, hang out. and Maybe we can talk about, you know candidates and votes and you can bring your friends and we can you know just talk because i'm lonely why don't we do this rather than listen to me talk about my sad life let's talk about the big discussion piece yes corn you brought some heat yes we did so Another local slash national kind of story is Jay Inslee, our homeboy um, governor in Washington. He was running for president and now he is no longer. What? So a quick RIP to Jay. We miss you. Yeah. Except he, he again, just like you, Jay, he has risen um, and he oh. is running for a third term for governor. So he Yay. he's sticking around. Yeah. People are super stoked, right? Not quite. No. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the thing about Jay running for president is, you know, nobody thought he was going to get through. But it, nice gave, it, it gave him a thing to do. Went. It right. gave him a thing to do. So, uh, you know, he was doing his climate thing and that's very important. But. He's not really doing the thing, right, you guys? Well, yeah, I mean, he got into the presidential campaign as the climate guy. It's like when you're in a climate emergency, you don't just need a climate guy. You need a climate government or at least a climate party. Climate country. <laughs> a climate country. <laughs> but what has happened since he got in is you had several people, um, I think, uh, well, Biden and then I think Bernie just put his out today. I think Warren has had a climate plan. A couple other ones presented climate plans. So there's been no, and the Green New Deal even before he got in, there's been no shortage of uh, climate plans. Yeah, yeah. Also his stance on, you know, single payer. Well, that's the thing, like in the debates, he very often would say how great Washington State is, and here's all the things that I have done, and I'm the leader on this. And us in Washington State are like, hey, I mean, you know, it's not terrible around here. It, c- it could be much worse, but, like, there's some fucking problems going on. Real problems. You know? Big problems. Environmental. And, like, you know, he's doing those things where, oh, well, I passed a public option where in reality it's not a public option, but it's a talking point. Or I passed this or I'm the strongest on women's rights and all those things. And for some reason, I feel like Jay has a very inflated sense of self. A or politician? Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> or like. He, a white old guy? He talks about how we have the high, one of the highest minimum wages in, in the country, but that was a ballot initiative. He had absolutely nothing to do with that. And, and part of that, I, I don't know the the uh, timeline, but I think Shama was one of the Shama biggest pushers right. of that from the get-go. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. And so, you know, because there was talk of whether Jay would or wouldn't run again. There were a lot of folks who were planning on running. Um, so one of them was our attorney general, Bob Ferguson, who is like the goat 
for sure. So since Trump has been in office, um, he has filed 22 lawsuits against yeah. Trump and relentless he, and has won every single one of That's them. That's the thing. Relentless. But these aren't just nuisance suits. These are like you are wrong and we're going to fight you. So, for example, the travel ban. Um the let's see the coal mining is bad why aren't you getting this lawsuit the department of interior restarted a program to lease coal mining rights on public lands it ignored a nearly 40 year old study that discussed the negative impacts um and so washington and three other states sued so yeah you know the thing i love about bob ferguson is he's getting shit done and he's in the trenches of you know where people are actually suffering in washington state and i feel like jay is very much on the top level of things checking those bookmark or checking those check marks of okay public option climate but he's not actually getting in and improving people's lives the way bob ferguson is i think this is a great example too troy you probably remember this but when we went to the Somali community services and uh Bob Ferguson was there. He talked about how when that travel ban went into effect, he was at SeaTac with those families, helping to represent them. His whole team was there. That they took an entire. They started working overnights. He called everybody in to make that happen. And so, I'm actually really disappointed that he's dropping out and going to pursue another gubernatorial run, uh, be, just because. Yeah, Bob Ferg is awesome. Like, I really like him. I'm not so sure we agree on everything politically, right? But I absolutely know he's the type of quality of person I'd want in office. And he's the type of person you want in a position to move within the system and make change. To bring 22 suits against Donald Trump, I mean, that is incredible. I mean, that that is amazing to have won each one. Um, also, uh totally am just basking in the memory of him speaking at the Somali community center. That is really incredible. I mean, that is people who can be of the system, but use it, it to true benefit. Um, I think is, is amazing. Yeah. And, and so I think one of the really disappointing things about this is, yeah, it'd be one thing if Inslee was still running and he was going to have Bob as a challenger, um, but because of incumbent syndrome and state party politics and the system as it is, um, Ferg's not going to run against Inslee. So he told Crosscut earlier this month um, that if the if Inslee ran for a third term, he said, I'm not running against the governor. Um, I like him personally. I like him professionally. I like working with him. He has the right to run for a third term. And so that's what's really disappointing about this is Jay knows that he has that incumbent um What's the word? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, if if you've already done the thing, then you get entitlement. If you've already done the thing, then you just get to continue doing the thing and you're not going to be challenged. So maybe Ferg believes that if he ran, he wouldn't pull Inslee to the left too much. I don't know. I think he literally is like they are they are part they have agreed amongst themselves that you wait your turn. No, the, the tea pods of the world, Tina Podlodowski, who's the Washington State uh, Democrat chair, um, you know, I'm sure they're all having these conversations in back rooms and saying, OK, well, if Jay runs and we're not doing this, but if Jay doesn't run, then we're going to have you do this. And mm -hmm. as much as Bob is a comrade, he's also part of the 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 system. And, you know, he's not going to shake things up and risk losing that support from the party. Well, any progressive out there who, whose ears this falls on. Run against Inslee, run against Inslee, run against Inslee, because there is no public seat in this country that is owned by a person.
Incumbents need to be challenged. Incumbents they do. must be challenged. If only for the challenge. Like, they have to work for the job. If you That's think, the point. If you think Inslee doesn't have a record he needs to defend, I think there's some kids launching lawsuits against him over climate that would disagree. And we're going to have him on a little podcast. Yeah, and I think it's actually funny you bring that up because a lot of those same people, they worked on Sarah's campaign. This is, this is a big part of it, right? Having the conversation move toward the left, it's why we ran against Adam Smith. Uh, listen, if you had asked us at the beginning, and I remember very specific conversations Sarah and I had, do you think you're going to win? Christ, no. It was never about winning. It was never about winning the seat. It was always about winning the conversation. And that's the thing that people need to remember is victory comes by shifting the cultural movement. It comes by shifting the conversation. It comes by actually changing people's minds so that things like climate change, Jay Inslee can run on that. It comes by running on uh, gun control like Eric Swalwell did. It comes on being open and saying, this is an issue and we need to give a damn about it. And that's a really important piece of it. There's no such thing as a failed campaign. That doesn't exist. That is very true, unless you're that guy that wears the boot on your head. But also the pushing candidates to remind them that they're being scrutinized. And it is it is the purpose of that whole deal and people getting engaged and running against uh, if someone were to run against James Lee, that would be very interesting. Um, I want to know more about that person for sure. But um, make make him sweat. Yeah, it's called small D democracy. And, you know, being competitive, challenging incumbents, uh, having competitive elections it's part of a healthy democracy. Yes. What we've gotten ourselves into is really an oligarchy that is oligarchic funded political campaigns. And it's a problem. It's a deep problem. We it's it's fundamentally anti-democratic. It's created this American empire that is in collapse. Uh, it's given us our domestic economy, which gave us people like the Sacklers that 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 s- s- shot out all kinds of opioids onto the country. It's, yeah. it's given us these because they the, buddy buddy up to yeah. the to the elite it, political yeah. crew. It's given us these shit trade deals that are written for billionaires who own the system, uh, and it's just to basically line their pockets. So. I mean, I'm for challenging every incumbent everywhere. And don't be scared because once we get through the primaries, you're going to understand that this Republican Party from coast to coast, city, state and local, they got nothing. They got nothing. They got no ideas. They 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 Trump just th- their biggest idea the last 30 years was cut taxes. He just did that. Yep. He just did that. Didn't do shit. Well, his last idea was to forgive student loan debt for, um, you know, veterans who are uh, disabled. But he just borrowed that from Bernie. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, borrowed a a watered down version of Bernie's plan. Yeah. And so so in addition to Bob Ferg, there was Public Lands Commissioner Hillary Franz. Um, She was planning on running for that for the governor's seat as well. Um, And then King County Executive Dow Constantine was talking about it, perhaps, too. So it's just a bummer that, you know, Jay can't just ride off into the sunset with his green Jay deal. Well, it's like you said, there's a little bit of an ego with all these people. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that most certainly, I mean, that there's some hubris, yeah. but yeah, I just don't, yeah, Jay's whole like, hey, it's a green new party. It's a green new dance. I think we're gonna have to call him Inslee because I'm feeling very attacked right now. This I is, know, it I'm feels sorry. weird. It, it, we're usually much meaner. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 This is light. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, do we have so, anything else to add? I, I, we do actually. Do you want to? Yeah, so I think this is one of those interesting things. We're talking about issues-based candidates, right? And that's what Jay Inslee ran on. He ran on climate change. He ran on his plan for this is what I'm going to do, and that's where I'm going to do. And I think it's a really important piece of the conversation. I'm actually really sad to see him go. Um, only because, well, I'm not sad to see him go to the- I see what you're the, saying. The gubernatorial race, but you know, Bernie has a very comprehensive plan, but things like climate change don't often get to the forefront of the discussion when that happens because he's not running on issues focused campaign in that way. And it means this part of the conversation is lost. And we just did an interview with Dar Jamail who wrote The End of Ice. And there's a really important subsection here when we're talking about how we interface with the world and how we actually live in the world and what that looks like. And that whole part of it, unless somebody else takes it up, which maybe Kamala Harris will, she shifts every day, but unless somebody takes it up, it's not the forefront of the discussion anymore. We're back to dollars and cents well, again. And I haven't had a chance to listen to the Dar Jamel interview yet, um, but I, I can only assume that um, he might agree or disagree with this sentiment, which is like, in order to mitigate against climate, yeah, like to, to, to have a, a legitimate effort to attempt to mitigate the effects of climate change moving into the very near future, it's going to require transformational change. There's really no other way to get around that. I don't want to give, uh, give it away, but, uh, you know, Jay, you, you bring up the Dar Jamal uh, conversation. It was enlightening for me in a way that it, it was really... Um, it was both heavy and scary. Um, and it's all is, you know, you hear end of world, end of world, but when you start to really talk about your space, your world, your uh, things, as you know, it, your loved ones, your, you know, it's, you just start to get a little panicky. Um, the, the, the good news is, um, you know, people are preparing, you know what I mean? It's, it's there, they're there, you know, some folks are, are like, you know, we've crossed the threshold. Some people are not some people. Um, but the one thing that's really phenomenal about it is, you know, I grew up in the seventies and the seventies are kind of like this time of like free love. And it, it was sort of a release from, a, you know, social shackles that people maybe really didn't know, in, you know, until that was removed what they're just like, Oh, great now. Okay, great. Um, but this revolution or this space, it's more, purposeful it's more measured it's more tactical um it's not just free whatever it's taking care of people it's really truly taking care of yourself and the world yeah and that's exactly yeah and so that's the thing where i think is really interesting about climate change and as part of the national conversation you know we can talk about things like uh forgiving student loans we can talk about things about the economic conditions of the working class but there's nothing that's nearly as global as the climate change issue. Yeah. And that's not even, no pun intended there, but... No, you're right. It's at, it, it touches everything. everybody. And, and, and the changes, if, we're, if, we're, if we are to get serious about climate, the changes will be deep. So there's no reason to laugh or chide AOC when she talks about grounding planes. May not ground them all, but we got a million flights in the air around the globe every day that mm, we don't really need a million of them in the air every day. The same thing with uh, with with cow farts or with listen. There's de so here's the thing. And burps. Well, so here's the thing. Uh, carbon emissions by industrial farming is a huge issue. Animal cruelty 
by uh, industrial farming is a huge issue. Health because well, of the industry. Yeah, is health, a beca- huge yeah, health because issue. of the industry is a huge issue. Take away the methane. Yeah, like, and even if you like, the thing is, oh, you, like, because I've been on a GMO kick lately. I'm and t- also t- really gassy, talking shit. But it's like. If you want to talk, like, we probably got to get away from corn, soybeans, and wheat. I'm sorry, There's corn. A, no, no, we, we just <laughs> we preserve the corn. Well, but it's like, you know, the, if we're really going to try to mitigate climate, here's the thing. We're either going to do it deliberately. Or it's going to. Or it's going to force itself or on Or it's going to do us. Yeah, it's going to yeah. do us. Well, yeah. Well, I do think the idea of getting off of corn is an uh, amazing proposition. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a pun. It was a little amazing. Bad. Uh, I do think that you're right. It requires a huge global shift, and it's not just uh, locally. It's everywhere. And the yeah. funny thing about it is, and again, I'm just going to come back to this one point. Uh, the credit that I'll give to Jay Inslee is he ran on a platform that was dedicated to this issue. And anybody who's young, you should probably care about this issue because uh, it's not may not affect you that much right now, but the older you get, it's going to affect you a hell of a lot more. Ooh, not only that, but no, it's going to affect you now because we're not just talking about, hey, someone's going to make a law or enact a thing or not build a skate park. This is, we're going to have coastal coastlines uh, decimated, uh, severe weather patterns. We already see it happening. Well, I was just talking to somebody recently. The, the, on a, any given day, there's already standing water in Miami. Yeah. Right, so it's like oh, places that haven't been rebuilt because it just was wiped out. Well, it, well, it doesn't make sense to rebuild some of these places. I yeah. mean, if you're on a coastline and you, like what happened with one of these uh, hurricanes last year, where one of these uh, towns got wiped away, Obama comes out on Twitter, "Well, we'll rebuild." Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe if you lose an entire town on a coastline, you shouldn't rebuild there. Right, and maybe if that's happening. Let's invest yeah. in a different kind of infrastructure. Maybe let's invest in towns that can't be wiped away by a storm. <laughs> so. Right. No. And I think that's, I mean, we are here for you, Jay, for running on climate. Thank you for the work you have done. But please just retire. retire. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Become an activist. Like actually do the thing. Like if you really care about climate, then do the climate thing. Yeah. Let's like, get rid of golf courses. Yeah. That's what Al Gore did. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Right? Yeah, oh, you know Al Gore. Be Gore. I think, yeah, be Gore. Uh, Al, that is a really interesting yeah. idea. Mind uh, blown, right there. I'm going to give him a call. But be even more <laughs> Gore. Don't fly right. private and don't own a mansion. Gorier. Be right. even more Gore. Be Gorier. <laughs> I will just say this, and I think this is a good note to end on. Without Gore, is I actually think we miss a real opportunity without Gore oh, not dude. electing him. Um, I, when I was we younger, elected him, didn't? Yeah. Wasn't that thing yeah. stolen right yeah. from it? Yeah, anyway, sorry, Florida. So uh, Florida man got us. So That's... anyway, I watched An Inconvenient Truth, the second one. I really loved it. It made me view Al Gore in a really positive light. Me too. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, honestly, when I saw that, it really flipped for me the kind of uh, who I thought, who I understood him to be. And just real quick, after that, after the Gore debacle, they put up John Kerry. Who puts John Kerry up? I, and uh, who, what, who was his running mate? Oh, who was? I don't even... The guy, the haircut with the five hundred dollar haircut or whatever. It and wasn't he, Edwards, was it? Was it? Oh, it, it was Carrie and Edwards. Edwards. It was John yeah. Edwards. Oh, okay, that guy. Yeah, I that mean, guy was bad, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I do want to know where he goes because you know he got some kind of cush job as a you know working at some kind of whatever. My name is John Edwards. 
And I, yeah, my wife was dying of cancer. I cheated on her and it's awful. I was in elementary school during all this. So I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I read historical novels. Oh, yeah. We all have to age sometime. (laughs) (laughs) So that is a lot to consume. A lot to think about. I'm excited about the podcast we got coming out. That's actually a brand new podcast, by the way. I think we neglected to mention that. It's called You're the End of Me. No, it's called We're Gonna End It. No, it's called... Um, yeah, that's right. That's the, the Twitter version. It, it's called... Uh, uh, what is it called? It Ends With Us. I named it, by the way. Not because I'm in the boss of a thing, but because I said, how about this? And they said, yeah, this is about... You know, either we end it or it ends us, you know. Yeah, no, I'm actually looking forward to it quite a bit. I got a chance. Jason McGram. I finished editing on the first episode of it today. Good job, by the way. And uh, thank you. It's not that hard, but it it does take time. Back Uh, in the dungeon. Oh, my Lord. Did you just hear this, man? I'm sorry. I got to pause the world. (laughs) He said this. It's not that hard. But leading up to the podcast today, it sounded difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So anyway, it was a really phenomenal interview. I really enjoyed listening to Dar's take on it. Dar he, is phenomenal. He did a lot of stuff. He was a reporter in Fallujah. He uh, also uh, the only unembedded reporter in the Iraq War, and was able to actually see off the trail what was going on. Right. Phenomenal, phenomenal man. Super interesting to listen to. Super interesting to talk to. So check that out when it comes out. It should be coming down the next week or so. We're gonna have him on again just to talk. He's just a really he's a cool dude. Yeah, and then they did another interview with Andrea Rogers and the mom of the thirteen year old girl who was arrested here in Seattle. Yes, I didn't know that. Jason is getting the guests, but you know what? It it's a reflection of get engaged, get involved, and you get to be a part of a real movement and have the convos yeah super important so check those out when they come out i'm i'm excited we got a lot of stuff cooking here oh yeah a lot a lot of good stuff a couple other podcasts are cooking for sure um right now my brain's cooking and i think we need we, we need a palate cleanser i need a palate yeah. cleanser oh, God, cleanse yes. Sure. oh yes mm-hmm. yeah so, we don't really do a palate cleanser thing do we um palate 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 what are we doing no, today we don't, have, we don't have a song for it we just let somebody else who pa, makes pa, pa, music pa, pa, do better pa, 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 than we do. Cleanser. Hey, good job. That was nice. <laughs> you two are just yeah. so delightful. We're like oh, two yeah. corns and a cob. Um, yep. I think we actually had a plan today, which was we're going to do some would you rather questions because okay. we're going we're going back to the middle school. We're Why going not? back to middle school. Going back to Carrie and Edwards in elementary school for yeah. me, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I am... Um, <laughs> I was homeschooled, so I'd never had this experience. So uh, I'm gonna have a yeah, I mean, go to your room. You're like, <laughs> Mom, would you rather PB and J or? Yeah, it was more like, would you rather play this video game you played every day for the last six years or this one? You said that to your mom. Yeah, yeah. and then huh. I pushed her. Whoa! <laughs> Excuse uh, me, sir. Down a flight of stairs. No, uh, no. you did not. I, so this is a. I'm, oh, gonna, no. I'm gonna make one oh, confession no. here. Um, <gasps> You're violent it, with your mother? Damien. Kind of. Oh. Uh, so here's what I did. All right. What's so, happening? I because I was a messed up homeschool child. Here's I really went, I know it's shocking. Uh I went to I went to the store and I bought a one of those pop guns with the like you remember how they all had the sulfur little caps and all that? Oh, the little throw, the yeah. little yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, no, wait, no, wait, so it, on the strips or on the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. a toy, plastic toy gun, and they put a little round thing, and it feeds through. Yeah, it's got like yeah. a tape in there. with. Yeah, it. so I bought one of those without telling my mom, and I walked into her bedroom, and I just said, Mom, I've got to tell you something. Oh, no. And I just stood there and stared at her menacingly for Jesus a moment. Jesus Christ. <laughs> And then I lifted it and I actually pretended to shoot it out of my mouth. Jeez, <laughs> so was, she, was she terrified at any point? Yeah, she And used. then you pushed her? <laughs> and then I pushed her, yeah. What? No, I didn't actually push her. Oh. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, here's the deal. So, I, Jay, a dear friend, like a friend, like family member, the reason that happened is because he was a bored, smart kid and there's yeah. nothing worse. Yeah, yeah it was... Nothing worse Jay than a bored, his smart kid. I think it's funny now, but also I don't think she thought it was funny. I didn't even get punished. Dude, I probably should have been. I, dude, I, 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 I'm punishing. I have a little, a quick story from from your kind of your mom's perspective. I was uh, last night. She told me no. Yeah, no. Like I was at a university, a Southern Illinois University, one day, and I was sitting sitting outside waiting for a class, and these dudes were filming. Right, I didn't know they were filming, but this dude is walking up to me, and he's got a legit looking gun like by his hip and he's oh, no. and he's walking straight for me so i'm thinking in my mind i'm like at oh, what point okay. do i tackle this motherfucker right like is right. he about to shoot me Am I, yeah, and, yeah. and like my heart's racing i'm like like your mom's probably was with her fucking terrorizing child a brilliant <laughs> child like yeah if it's, he just he walked up like probably two feet from me i would have been shot at this point i am not oh, going to i would not be aches. good to in a public shooting <laughs> but uh but yeah but he did he's hey do you want to be in a film like at this point i'm just like well he didn't shoot me so i guess i'll be in his film yeah <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway uh keep your children entertained <laughs> with would you rather questions yeah no you need more than that for the bright kids yeah. i was not a bright kid but yeah i yeah that, so and that was a that was a tangent y'all yeah, you're yeah. welcome. Oh, I'm glad we went. I feel better about myself. <laughs> Your minds have been cleansed. No, uh, they're uh, about to be. I need a cleanse right, now. Here we go. Here yeah, we go. I'm For disturbed real. as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. All right. So these are uh, BuzzFeed. pointed at his mom. Sorry, Glenn. These are BuzzFeed's 15 hardest would you rather questions you'll ever be asked. But I want BuzzFeed the softest. I, yeah, I want well, middle. I want middle. All right, I'm going to skip the first one, and we're going to go to the second, and we should be able to go through these pretty quickly. We'll at least do like seven of them. Nobody knows. Why are we skipping the first one? Just don't worry about it. Uh, oh, right. I see. This is a premise. So number two. Yeah. Would you rather? Who's answering first? We can just uh, we can do this as a group. It's fine. Okay. All right, here we go. Would you rather lick butter from a homeless person's toes? Oh no, that's a little. It's a little insensitive. Yeah, I don't I feel care like. for that. Do that. No, yeah, I, I refuse right. to participate. I don't, don't want to say homeless yeah. people are gross. Let's go, so let's pretend. I don't let's either. Skip yeah. Let's delete that last yeah. one. All right, okay. we're gonna start with number three. I think we actually shouldn't delete it. We should just be like, that's just a bad. We, yeah. You just you're reading off of a website, but that's just a yeah. I think yeah, that's a little insensitive. We caught it. Yeah. All right. Good job. Would you rather have Cheeto fingers for the rest of your life, or have a popcorn kernel stuck in the back of your throat for the rest of your life. Wait, that's not even a choice. I want Cheeto fingers. I mean, I do want Cheeto fingers always. Like if you that if you if this was like some kind of a ladder, I'm, I'm, lact, I'm lactose intolerant, so the Cheetos fingers would get me. But I don't really want a kernel stuck in the back of my throat. You but know? you would actually have like a lot of other things stuck in the back yeah. of your stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, that's um, a tough call. I would probably actually. I don't. Know. I think I take the popcorn kernel. I know that uh, sounds wild. Okay, I probably. Would. 
Why? You're not like a surgeon. Because I would, I, you could get used to that feeling. Uh, but Cheeto fingers would destroy everything you touch. Oh, not my taste buds. No. You know what would happen? Corn and I, we would uh, retire, and then we would be on the swing on the porch, and we'd be like, corn fingers. And then sometimes I would nibble yours, and then you would nibble mine. Oh, it's just on the finger. Yeah. The fingers, you have your finger, you know, Cheeto like, fingers. Yeah. He doesn't know because he's lactose intolerant. Oh, he's yeah. never experienced oh, such wow. a thing. Wow. You have, That's some shit. We You've could, never had Cheetos. Well, even so, I, I wasn't lactose intolerant until like my twenties. But even when I was, I ain't no, I didn't eat too much, too many Cheetos. I was more of a Frito Lay's. Okay, guy. so I'm seeing some problems on the other side of this table. <laughs> we need to amend. All right, number four. Would you rather use sandpaper as toilet paper? Or use hot sauce as eye drops. Sand me up, baby. Sand yeah, me sand up. Me up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, you don't have to look out of your butthole. Once again, I would choose the hot sauce without a doubt. Really? Absolutely. Could that, could that cause damage? Uh, no. It yes. Would just, no. The, it yeah, really but wouldn't. the sandpaper could cause damage too. Let's be real. That's true. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I, I suppose you could just do a half wipe. Okay. All right. Here's an, another one. Would you rather never have access to the internet or have Nicolas Cage always be within one meter oh, of you? Never have. This is a no brainer. Yeah. No internet. <laughs> the cage, baby. <laughs> the cage. Hey, I'm a cage no, fan. Leaving Las not. Vegas, Birdie, no, Connor. No, give no, me the cage. Nope. <laughs> I literally don't want any human around me all the time. So definitely not that. Yeah. Right. Bo uh, yeah. Both things. Uh, yeah. But wh what was the thing? He's how far away from you? One meter. So three feet. Oh, hey, what else is I a cage? Stand what, what's another cage movie? Uh, Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. Bee Man. Seven B. millimeter. What's the one where his head was Seven in Seven millimeter. Bees? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Wicker Man. Yeah. The bee thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Don't forget next. <laughs> okay. Face Off. Uh, gone in 60 seconds. I can keep was going. Was he in Punisher? No. Was, that, was no. that was that who was that? He was Ghost Rider. Go, uh, oh, oh, Ghost Rider. Okay, such yeah. a ugh. okay. All right. Would you rather have permanent clown face <laughs> or have permanent clown clothes? Clothes. Wow, that was fast. I'm impressed. I'm like, yeah, I just don't do the clown face. Sounds like something. Well, it's permanent, so you don't have to take it off. But I just don't think I'd. It would creep me out. Well, that's weird. Did, would would the clothes become your skin? <laughs> No, they get they get dirty, and oh. I just keep wearing them. Oh, yeah. you just be like a sad clown clothing. I basically do what person? I already do. It's just clown clothes, just brighter colors. <laughs> <laughs> it's just brighter colors. I'm I'm going with the the clown makeup because I'm already very light skinned, so I can do the white makeup. I already wear lipstick and all the things, so it's not you know a huge transition. I'm going, with, I'm going with clown makeup too because if I'm going to retire with corn with machito fings. Yeah. Uh, I want to look pretty. I would absolutely choose the clothes. Um, here's the reason. It will inevitably be in vogue at some point in my life. That style. Oh. Prob oh. Very oh. probably true. Oh, you could probably, and you being this Machiavellian mother scarer, you would probably do some kind of social engineering. So like, hey, guess what? It's only three months ago, clown was out, but it's back in again. Here's another story about me. Uh, oh, this one's no. fast. This one's fast. This one's fast. Okay. Uh, when I was younger, me and my friends decided that we would bring Tab back, which if anybody who knows what Tab is, it was the first diet soda drink. For ladies. Mm -hmm, for ladies. And so we would take it to every group gathering we could go to. 
and tell everyone that it's popular now. And inevitably, those groups would all start to drink tap. And we all thought it was really damn funny. Again, so this is really a study for people who are listening. If you've got a bright child, any gender, keep them occupied because they're just going to go wreak havoc on the world. It's boredom and brightness. It's just a bad mix. It puts your child in a room pointing a fake gun at you, trying to induce a heart attack. And you know what else that, it's also, it's not just boredom, it's keeping them stimulated because if they're on the internet, you know what they're doing? That, digitally. Yeah, Yeah, that's about right. All right, final would you, final final would you rather question. Uh, Would you rather have legs as long as your fingers or have fingers as long as your leg? Are they Cheeto fingers? In, in your yeah, world, yeah, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. I I'll slender men that. Oh, I would mm. totally do that. So, so you have leg hands or finger legs? Leg long, yeah, yeah. I'm taking finger legs. Ew, you'd be like a gross, like, pink caterpillar. Finger legs, that's remarkable, because you gotta think about it. That's what, like, your fingers are maybe an inch and a half each. No, okay, and so, yeah, is it just two yeah. fingers, or is it like a set of yeah. hands for each leg? Yeah, it'd be two and a half inch legs. I want, Wait, no, no, no. It no. says have fingers... As long as your legs, so yeah, get on an attorney. Oh, Oh, legs as long as your fingers. So your fingers are as long as your legs are now, or your legs now become as long as your fingers are. Yeah, I say fingers because I just had this feeling like I just want to reach across the table and just tap the top of Bill's head. Well, so yeah, so if you have fingers as long as your legs, you, you would basically just alter your your way of transportation you would you would walk with your hands right your, or, bo- your body or you, or you lean you wouldn't have to like yeah. yeah your body would just be like kind of like propped up between your hands and you would just walk yeah no I, that's exactly what i'm thinking of. i'm thinking of like yeah. some awful guillermo del toro monster that's like <laughs> no, that, would, that would be the nubby little finger legs person yeah. <laughs> finger hand or uh, leg fingers would be rad inevitably they would come as a pair like that is how that would happen they would They'd, fight right yeah yeah what, would, what do you mean like well if you've got the fin- if you've got the finger legs you might you as well just closer, yeah. if you got if your hands are legs you might as well turn your legs into hands it's just logic <laughs> it's just you logic know, i think <laughs> i'm just saying yeah if you're gonna do one may as well do the other so yeah. not either or but why not both I like it. Los dos. Yeah, exactly. what, but what would happen if you fell in Sorry, love a... with a finger leg and you were a leg finger? Would would you get? No, I mean, of course you make it work. I mean, you know, wow. th- these are tender. These are tender long fingers. What would the baby look like? <laughs> well, I think oh. that concludes our would you rather though. Okay. <laughs> Think on that for a while, friends. Yeah. yeah. Think <laughs> thanks, on that. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming out. It's been a good, been, yeah. been a good time. The leg fingers. What was Mr. Rogers signing off? Please have your cat spayed or neutered. That's not. It's <laughs> Bob Barker. I know. I was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do. I do believe we're done. But I got some thinking to do. I, got yeah, some, I think I gotta, so too. I got to work out. I got to work uh, out these fingers. Um, but I do want to say, Bill, um, this is your last on-premises podcast. Maybe. Yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. You're out is what I'm saying. Get closer to the microphone, you nerd. Um, Bill, you know, uh, <laughs> you've been a, a, a fabulous pal. Um, a, a, you are a comrade. And the good news is you're not leaving better left, but no. you're leaving us better. 
in the age of the internet, physical location is not a barrier to organizing. That is it's true. Just, it's just not. Although but you're going to go to the south. Yeah, well, Southern Illinois and or Southeast Missouri and to Wait, um, <laughs> a place, a place. Yeah, it's getting real suspicious, but <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I'll be somewhere. Yeah, yeah I'll yeah. be somewhere. Where are you gonna be? Southern something. I'll be somewhere. Yeah, in the south. There'll be some grass, maybe. So if climate hasn't gotten it yet. Yeah. Well, you're gonna go to the middle, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, you finish your thought. Yeah, no. Uh, so, no, it's uh, we've done a lot here over the last year, like with Sarah's campaign, with this, with all. I mean, there's a lot of activity, a lot of there. There is a legitimate national uh, movement that is that is attempting to form uh, not just around a Sanders presidency, but around uh, climate, around uh, transforming the economy. Uh, we don't really have a lot of time to get this right. I mean, this is I, I consider all this extremely serious to be put my all my cards out on the table. I was ready for people to be in the streets in 2012. I was very let down with uh, Obama's first term and second term. I had no expectations. Right. So it's like uh, personally, I take all of this extremely seriously, even though I, we also have a lot of fun. Right. You have to have fun. You have to have some light moments. No, but Bill, that's one of the many reasons why we love you and why you're one of our favorite humans is because you give us that perspective and you you open our minds to to the bullshit. So thank you. Absolutely. The other piece I want to say, Bill, is um, you know you came into our orbit um, before. Like I just can look back and see the the kind of uh, social things that were going on and the challenges and the the struggles. Um, but you came at a, at a really key point uh, for me personally, for the campaign, for each of us as individuals. But uh, you maintained a uh, a real you made a real impact on my personal sort of the way I view the world. And like Corn said, you know, it's it's uh, it it has been a very I've always had a really my biggest fear in the world is turning into when I was a child and I looked up to you know, uh, my grandmothers or my aunts or somebody, um, love you aunts, um, that I would stop that. I would, I would be the turn into the, you know, do as I do not as, you know, or do as I say, not as I do, or, or that that would somehow my brain would stop. And it, you have, um, identified and, you know, for me that that it doesn't uh and we've been able to identify other people who no matter where you are on the trajectory of life that there's an opportunity to change and to grow right and and you all do that for me every campaign i've ever been especially here though because we've done a lot there's been a lot of i think growth you know with each of us and as as a group or whatever right uh, every, every with every endeavor I've ever done, uh, be it the Navy, be it a, a trade school, be it university, be it this, be it that. I, I always go into things looking to shake shit up because it's just in my nature. I, yeah, I just like yeah. the, I, I like the poke and prod. That's one thing. The other thing is like I always go in like just let's just answer everything in the affirmative. Let's just be yes people. Let's just try to do, even if we don't know what it's going to look like. In the way of saying, right. can we do this? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Not not like yes, we won't. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll it's f- yes we'll, and. Yeah. We'll find a way. We'll find a way. We'll do this and we'll do something better. Or we'll do something. We'll try to make it a little bit different. We'll try to give it our own spin. You know. The, look, it's okay to look back on things that people have done. It's okay to mimic. It's okay to do all those things. What's what's the the quote about art? All great artists steal, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's true because there's no idea out there. There's no thought that's been thought or very few thoughts that have been thought out there right now today that originated solely based on the foundational thinking of one person. It just doesn't happen. Nature, nurture, learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, it's been awesome and it's going to continue to be awesome. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff to do. So Bill's going to be reporting from the field for us. He's still going to be part of the thing and and doing stuff. And so if there's people down in southern Illinois or wherever. Southeast Missouri. Southeast Missouri. Okay, now southeast. I don't even know what's happening. One of the locations. I I grew up in southern Illinois. I spent a lot of time there. have a lot of family there. I also have family in west in western kentucky also have family in uh, southeast missouri so all same part of the family same and this grouping. is when we launched the new podcast <laughs> called bill's lineage <laughs> yes yes uh yeah bill you're a soldier uh jay did you want to jump in here i'm um i'm do you want to uh cry no yeah, yeah we're ready for crisis <laughs> ready for no, well, I'm i think what we should do before bill takes off is just sit down and have a nice little recorded interview with him about his experiences and everything hey and i so, like that idea you know uh, what? That's i'm not better. ready to say goodbye yet so also, ah, i love it jay that's perfect also yeah. just one side note the the night or, or the the week or whatever that the, the count went down i, re, I do remember looking at because i was going to go down to california hop on kevin de leon's race i saw smith v smith i was like are they that corrupt that they just he just ran his wife to throw the election? <laughs> I'm just like, what? Yeah, we got so, that then, a lot. so then I dug in and I'm just like, no, this is one of the the JD BNC peeps. So I'm just like, no, that's where I'm going. And it it was awesome. It was awesome. I think the campaign was open. I think you guys did a phenomenal you moved, you job. You moved us yeah. as a group in the right in the right. No, I think I think you did a phenomenal job with the camp. Like, Bill, uh, you I, did a phenomenal yeah, job did, with the campaign. Yeah, well, Bill, I, you did. Sarah running, like, yeah. like, oh, Pete, yeah. like. That crop, that that cohort, that that was like stepping off the precipice. Yep. So now you've got a lot of these kind of other candidates right now that are stepping up, and, and that's going to happen in 2022. That's going to happen in 2024. Like this is going to be a multi-year. This is a this this is kind of a long. Well, it's a short-term but long-haul thing. Right. It <laughs> is. Yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah. All right, friends. Um, thank you so much for listening. We're gonna wrap. Um, again, thank you. Bill for hanging out and doing the things you do and we're going to sit down and talk with you some more um, just to make sure we ring out uh, any usefulness that you may have before you leave the state uh, Jake, Corn yeah I love you guys love you too I don't love Bill I just kidding I do love Bill and so we're closing out the show with I think this episode is better left to Bill better left to Billium mm-hmm. yeah. love you Bill uh, real quick before we end, uh, a couple things just to be on the lookout for as we talked about. One is that Darge Mail episode coming down the pipeline. Brand, uh, actually, brand new podcast. Yeah. This is a network, friends. Yep. So be on the lookout for that. We'll make sure we're posting links everywhere, oh, yeah. making sure that it gets distributed. Come to your house and play. It. Uh, secondly, is we are starting up some internet stuff. So check out our website pretty soon here. I think in the next week or two, we should have yeah. some articles up. 
And also we are working on some stuff on Twitch. We have a great partner over there named Sauce. Uh, FF Awesome Sauce on Twitch that we're working with. Check and him out. He's a great dude. We hung out with him. We yeah, and we're going to be doing more of that stuff and just getting more involved in those communities. Yeah. Uh, it's a thing I'm passionate about just because I love seeing uh, these men and women too who are disenfranchised and placed in these positions where they don't engage with the stuff because they're told not to. to right, talk or to they're people. told to do it in a way that's caustic. And yeah, and then yeah. Uh, I think we are going to have the, the doula on uh we have so many guests in the we really so primary is clogged the guests hole good oh, no that's oh. i'll work on that for the next podcast but uh <laughs> it, it, yeah so we've got lots of folks coming up um from from the death doula to the um wow to the shamas to, uh, definitely shama um mm-hmm. yeah uh, politics but we're gonna change it up a little bit yeah we are yeah. we need we we need a little this and then that. Yeah, uh, I'm excited. There's some great stuff coming, so God, I just want to yeah. make sure we call attention to that. Mm-hmm. All right, anything up? Um, just go and volunteer for local candidates. Do the thing. Do the thing. Mm-hmm. Ciao. Bye. 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 We did it, y'all. We that was good. It. That was good. Uh, Boy, you'll see how those dogs flap your arms are. around, and I'm like, <laughs> I can't concentrate. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, just you guys are like. Oh, you mean how Bill's like all over the place? No, you, me and Bill. him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll I mean, like, it's, you're very you. Uh, you we know yell what at each other. To each other. Well, no, yeah. I know, but yeah. I don't know. Right. So I'm like, do I need yeah. to watch? And then I, yeah. I'm not Are saying. Yeah. No, it's okay. I, I would think. Lift up your spirit. Sorry, my buddy. So Try and try.